0: And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Wow. I'm going to pray for Debbie and then children. Um, Caroline has got her usual box of tricks and special stickers. So if there are any little children who'd like to do a bit of sticker sticking, then on the carpets at the front here. Let's pray for Debbie. Lord, thank you for Debbie. Thank you for all that you have um, shown her and uh, led her through, Lord. And I thank you that you're going to use all of that and, and speak to us today, Father. And thank you for your word, Lord, which brings your power and your life into our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that today we may, um, our hearts may be open to what you are saying in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Good afternoon, everybody. What an amazing passage to be thinking about. And we don't just want to think about it today, do we? not just think. We want to actually receive the Holy Spirit. We already have been doing that as the worship has been flowing and as we've been meeting with one another. There are all kinds of ways that the Holy Spirit moves and fills our lives. But I just want to talk a little bit for a couple of minutes, just a very few minutes, about what this symbol of wind and fire is really all about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because maybe sometimes we don't have as much of the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians as we could because we don't really understand him. And we don't really know what the Spirit is for. We don't know what he's really all about. And these symbols that the Bible gives us are incredibly helpful for us to take hold of the truth and then experience the truth In our our lives day by day. So, we've just heard that reading which describes that day of Pentecost. So, in the kind of church calendar, in the Christian calendar all around the world, today is the day that we remember and celebrate. Pentecost Sunday we remember this incredible event that happened for the disciples of Jesus Jesus had already died and risen again and gone back into heaven in his body to be with the father in heaven but he wanted to say to all of his disciples and those of us left here on the earth I haven't left you Because imagine how wonderful it must have been to have been one of those disciples who knew Jesus in the flesh, who had him with him, with them every day. They could touch him, engage with him, talk with him. If they wanted to know um, something, understand something, get more wisdom, they could just sit down with him with a cup of tea and some fish and bread, maybe not tea, but something that they would have enjoyed drinking. And uh, they had him there and all of a sudden they watched him be taken back to the Father. But Jesus said to them, it's okay because I'm still going to be with you, but not in a body, but by my Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. That is God who can live with human beings in our lives, in our hearts, in even our very bodies, because sometimes we can feel and experience him tangibly and physically. I am God who wants to live with you like that, even though the body of Jesus is now in heaven with the Father. So it was an amazing day that came because the disciples had lost Jesus, they'd seen him go, and they were waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. And I just want to remind us of that waiting and fulfillment by reading this one verse from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and right out to the remotest parts of the earth, like southeast London. (laughs) That is how far this good news of Jesus was going to spread from that little bunch of 11 people there in an obscure place, an obscure part of the world in Israel at that time. There they were, and Jesus said, You are going to be my witnesses, and my good news is going to spread out over the entire world because of the power of the Holy Spirit. But then later on in the book of Acts we find that there's a bunch of people who are followers of Jesus. They love Jesus. They love his words. They believe that he was the Messiah, but they hadn't really heard about this promise of the Holy Spirit. So they thought that once Jesus had died and risen again and gone back to the Father, that that was kind of it. Now that they had to sort of live their Christian life and sort of try and follow Jesus, but without him there anymore to sort of follow after and see and and go to and talk to, they just had to kind of work it out for themselves there was a little bunch of them who felt like that and it was in acts chapter 19 i'll just read a couple of verses it happened that while apollos was at corinth paul passed through the upper country and came to ephesus and found some disciples he said to them did you receive the holy spirit when you believed and they said to him no we've not even heard whether there is a holy spirit And then the conversation goes on and in verse 6 it says, And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. They were speaking out the words of God. They were filled with that same power that the disciples had known on the day of Pentecost. And this afternoon, before we just come and turn our hearts to really open and receive the Spirit afresh, even if we've already been doing that up to this point, even if we've done it many, many, many times in our lives before, I want to remind us this afternoon, or even if you've never opened your heart to receive the Holy Spirit before, I want to remind us that this empowerment as Jesus calls it, power from the Holy Spirit. This is something that Jesus wants every single one of his followers to receive. And it is something beyond the spirit that we receive when we're born again, the spirit that comes to live in us when we first meet with Jesus. It's beyond that. It's the same, but it's beyond that. It's a bigger version. It's an empowerment version, which is why on that day of Pentecost, it came with the signs of the wind and the fire and the earth quaking the ground. There was an empowerment that Jesus wanted us to understand that you don't have to live your Christian life like those guys in Acts 19, sort of just groping in the dark about God and wondering if you're pleasing him and wondering if you're doing the things that Jesus says and wondering if you're interpreting it all rightly and having billions of questions but never, ever, ever landing on any final answers that make you feel satisfied and fulfilled inside You don't have to live your life like that. The Holy Spirit is for you to be empowered for your life with the Lord Jesus. And every single one of us can receive that. And some of us might find that we haven't fully received that power, empowerment of the Spirit in our Christian life yet. And maybe we recognize it because we realize that actually Our Christian life feels a bit like we're running on really low batteries. You know, everything's at a really low ebb. It's depleting. But Jesus says to us, wait, open your heart, and receive. He also says, keep getting together, because the togetherness place seems to be a really vital part of how the Spirit wants to move and meet us So we may not always receive the Spirit in a big meeting style like this. We may not always have such a dramatic experience as that first day of Pentecost was. But the effects in our lives will be the same when we have received the Spirit. And so you will know. You will know that the Holy Spirit has come upon you because you will know some of that power. And the expression of the Spirit may look a bit different in each one of us. But I think you can tell when somebody knows what it means to have that energy of the Holy Spirit about them. Do you? Do you think you can recognize that in somebody else's life? I was remembering when I was thinking about that, a lady who, um, when I used to work with New Life Congregation over in Greenwich, um, she was a very, very fun lady, very outspoken lady, um, lots of fun to have in a Bible study. She came from a Turkish Muslim background and she was wanting to find out more about Jesus. And she would sit down and talk with us, read the Bible. And she really loved everything that she heard about Jesus. But she wasn't herself yet ready to make a commitment to him. But she used to sit with us week by week. And the the Bible study was a mixed group of people. There were some people who'd been Christians for years and years and years and years and years and probably prayed to receive the Holy Spirit every single day and knew that empowerment. And then there were other people there who were newer to the faith. They were just starting to read their Bibles for the first time, just starting to find out a bit more um, about what it means to follow Jesus. And, And she was there. As well. And I remember one time we read some verses about the Holy Spirit. And she was like, I can tell exactly who's got the Holy Spirit. And then she sat at the table like this and she went around and went, Yep, you've got it. You've got it. Not so much. No, you've got it. Uh, no. You know, she went around like the whole group like this. And And she was doing it very artlessly. She wasn't meaning to be rude, but she was saying, I can see it in your eyes. I can see there is a warmth that's coming through from you. There is something emanating out. And she was looking around the group and she knew. And uh, that's not to put people in different categories. It's to say there's something real and genuine. We have to open our hearts to people of God. It's no good just trying to be all equal about it and say, you know, oh, it's okay to struggle on in the dry place. But maybe you haven't yet yourself waited long enough and opened your heart for long enough. To really let the Spirit come in, because he will bring a difference. He will empower. Like I said, it looks different. We're all different personalities, but there's something that comes through. And I want to mention these two symbols for a minute or two, because I think it helps us to see what comes through. And the first symbol of the Holy Spirit in that story is the wind, isn't it? So I'm going to say two things about the wind So here we go. This is a symbol of the wind of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that I want to say about the wind of the Spirit, it was a violent, rushing sound, at least, that came on that day of Pentecost. And if there is a violent wind rushing about you, then you probably know if you've experienced that standing on a hilltop or something, you know that it brings a sense of refreshing and wakes you up if the wind blows right in your face. And you know, some of us need, don't we, a spiritual refreshing and an awakening because in our spiritual lives, we've just gone to sleep a bit perhaps we have known the power of the Holy Spirit but we've kind of let it ebb away a bit we've forgotten to really ask him to come and empower us on our day-to-day lives maybe when we come to big meetings or go to big events we remember to touch reach out and touch for the Holy Spirit but most of the time in our day-to-day lives we've kind of gone to sleep our spirit is lazy and heavy and drowsy and the Holy Spirit will come and he will refresh us he will wake us up spiritually and he will make us feel like, oh, there's something going on in my life again. I can keep walking with Jesus. Um, when I was away at the conference this last weekend, I met a guy and his wife who lived in Wales, in a very rural part of Wales. And they were telling me that it's so, there's so few people living there. And the churches that they're a part of are, are very dry churches. Um, there's like one vicar for nine Anglican churches in their area. One person sort of looking after them all. So there's not a lot of life and energy in faith. And you know, he came to the weekend and, and at the end of it with his wife, because he was his wife's carer, and at the end of it, he just said to me, I just feel refreshed. <laughs> Because I've heard something that's been full of the Holy Spirit. And he was like, I haven't had that in my church experience for a really long time. I feel like I've woken up. And he said, I've actually got faith that something could change in our sleepy part of rural Wales. Something could change by the Spirit. But the second thing about the wind, here's my second wind symbol. Is that if the wind is violent and rushing and powerful enough then it can actually move us, can't it? It can actually blow you along and take you off your feet even if you're small enough for that to happen. It can pick you up and carry you along. Or if you're in a boat, you can catch that wind in the sails and it can drive you very, very fast in the right direction. And again, the work of the Spirit in our lives, if we feel aimless if we have lost direction, if we're saying to ourselves continually, what am I meant to be doing, Lord? I'm just going in circles. I don't know if I'm doing what you want me to be doing. I don't know if I'm pleasing you. We need to ask again for the receiving of the whoosh of the wind of the Spirit in our lives to pick us up and move us to where he wants us to be, to get us into the right place and position, to move us along I remember praying many years ago for a young woman who felt in that lost place and we prayed for her to be filled with the spirit. And, you know, the very next day she woke up and suddenly had this clarity <laughs> and she knew that the Lord was speaking to her about going on to do some training as a nurse. And she went on to do nursing training. She went on to work as a nurse and was utterly fulfilled and knew that she had been led into the right place by the Spirit of God because she asked for his Spirit to come and energize and carry her again. Maybe some of us know we need the filling of the Spirit today for that purpose. But then there's the fire. Two things to say about the fire before we pray. So here's the first one. The tongues of fire, it says, that settled on everybody's heads. And there was a release on that day of Pentecost of a spiritual gift of tongues, special languages, heavenly languages, languages that people supernaturally could understand and hear the word of God being spoken. And that fire is a picture of the ignition, the lighting up of new gifts, new spiritual energy new passion, new fervor, I like that word, fervor. It's not a word that we really use very much in ordinary life anymore. But when I was a teenager and I got filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time and I decided to get baptised, I remember there were a bunch of us who were really just wanting to live for Jesus. And we used to say that, quote this verse to each other all the time from Romans 12, verse 11. Do not lose your spiritual fervor, it says. And we'd be like, how's your spiritual fervor? And uh, because we wanted to always live with that same passion and love for Jesus. Let it burn inside of us. Be saying, Lord, what are my gifts and am I using them? Am I putting them into practice? Is this what's going on with me day by day? We wanted to live in that place. But you only can if you keep asking again and again and again for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. For another Pentecost, if you like. Lord, I've burnt out a bit. Please come and set me back on fire. I need you to come and do that because the gifts of the spirit they're not just for us to have fun with are they there's a world out there that desperately needs to know the power of God moving in their lives to bring healing to bring the understanding of God's presence to bring his reality close to them I remember um, a lady at New Life Congregation years ago who came, she was brought up in a very non-charismatic kind of church where the Holy Spirit wasn't talked about very much. And um, so she wasn't used to kind of all the different ideas of spiritual gifts. But one day when she was prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit, um, she suddenly found that God gave her this new gift, a gift of interpreting tongues. And so sometimes she would hear somebody speaking in a tongue, in a supernatural language, praying to God or sometimes speaking out in a service. And she would just be able to understand the words they were saying. She, and it was a very, very clear and accurate gift. It was one of those kind of word-for-word interpretation gifts where she could hear it. It was like she could hear it in her own language, in English. And she would just stand up and give the interpretation afterwards. And she was so surprised because it was nothing like she'd ever experienced or seen before in her church upbringing. But the Spirit just gave it to her. She wasn't even looking for it, but she was looking to be filled. And that's what ignited inside of her. The last one. The last thing to say, my final fire description. The fire is very powerful, isn't it? A powerful image for burning stuff up that needs to be burnt up in our lives. And we all know that there is chaff in our lives, there's dead wood in our lives, there's stuff that is dead and dry, and not needed. There's stuff that is just sin that weighs us down. There's stuff that is just tripping us up in our living and our service for Jesus. There's stuff that is bound up within us and tied up inside, stuff where the enemy lurks in us, and we know we need the burning of God's Spirit to come and remove that stuff from us, remove sin, remove the flesh, remove the bad habits and release us from them. And the fire of God's Spirit, that is something that it can do. I remember one man when we prayed for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He felt physically through his body when we laid hands upon him, a fire kind of moving through. He felt a heat that went all the way through his physical body. And he knew that in that moment he had been set free from some addictions that he had, had, that he had hidden in his heart and life. And there was a freedom. They kind of got burnt up as the Spirit moved through him because the power of the Spirit is there to give us that kind of freedom, to burn up every trace of sin, like it says in that song, to bring the light and the glory in. So those are just some things that you might be in your heart responding to, wanting to get hold of. And we're just going to take some time now to pray and to worship together and to allow every person just to receive if you would like to. Because the way that we receive the Holy Spirit in our lives is very simply to ask him. Luke eleven thirteen 13 says, your father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. It's to be obedient to get our lives into line with him. Acts 5.32 says, God has given the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. We may not be doing that perfectly, but in our hearts right now, we can just turn them back and say, Lord, I haven't been fully obedient, but I want to be because I want to receive more of your spirit. So come and help me to be in line with you. And then we receive. Acts 8, verse 17 says, Peter and John placed their hands on the people and prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And we can be in a place of receiving. So, all we're going to do now is I'm just going to ask Ian and the band if they'd like to come. Let your living
0: abide in me so. As I abide in you, let your the-